0: You're listening to TCRG to CEO Radio with your host, Courtney J. TCRG.
1: Happy April 1st, everyone, and welcome back to TCRG to CEO Radio. I'm your host, Courtney J. TCRG, coming at you from Connecticut in the United States on this fine April morning. We recorded this episode way back in January, and for all many different reasons, we never got it edited and posted for you guys but I have two favorite guests of the show, Annabelle Bougay and Diana Dirsch here with a round of 20 questions. So you can find out lots of different things about Diana, Annabelle, and myself, what our opinions on different Irish dancing topics are, and some of our favorite memories along uh, our many years of dancing. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. It is a long one. I was tempted to cut it up into two shorter episodes, but hey. You get the whole thing right now. So please enjoy, and let's get into today's episode. We're back with our two favorite guests, Diana Dersh and Annabelle Bougay, for another Roundtable 2020 20 Questions edition.
0: Yeah, we've been sitting on for a while. Yeah, yeah. we've been storing I, I, these. But the 2020 20 Questions is a pretty clever title, I gotta it admit, is. Courtney. It was meant to
1: be. It just, it just came. It just rolled off the tongue. There you go. Yeah. So so, yeah, we've been storing up this list of questions for so long that we don't remember what's on them, except for Annabelle, who has been the keeper of the list.
2: Yes. So I I wrote them after camp with Courtney this summer. So I I hope some of our experiences inspired good questions.
1: Yeah. So she's going to, I guess, read the question and then we're going to take turns answering each one. Yeah. And this should just be a lot of fun.
2: All right. Well, let's roll. Yeah. I feel like they go from pretty basic to maybe outrageous towards the end. So um, buckle up. Uh, Pretty basic start. Question number one is, did you have a favorite dress or look over the years of your competing?
1: Does it have to be for myself? Oh,
2: that's a good question. I meant it as a personal question. However, if you'd like to also add who had a favorite look, I think that's fair game.
1: Okay. So the first thing that came to mind was not for myself. There was this girl, I want to say it was in like 2006, seven, eight, somewhere in there. She had this like periwinkle colored dress with like light green and light pink, which sounds really disgusting to me now, but I was obsessed with that dress. And I, if, if I can find a picture, I will like put it in the notes so everyone can see it. But that was, like, my all-time favorite look that stands out in my memory. For myself, uh, I do have one. It was my first elevation dress that I had. It was, like, red, white, and black. And it was when the, like, three-tier fluffy tulle skirt thing Mm -hmm. was in. Uh, I guess I can find a picture of that, too, so that people know what I'm talking about. That was my favorite for myself.
0: Did you change, like, hair do's? Did you have a favorite wig or something?
1: Um, I did change hair over the years, but I think the way that I finished, just, like, blonde bun wig was my favorite for me. Classy. Yeah. Uh, For
0: me, I had a picture of a hot pink dress with black and white, like, Celtic, but, like, not super knotted knot work, but more, like, angular fire looking knotwork that was actually a dress of Jodi Osborne who was um, one of Sharon's students back in the day and she workshopped us yep. <clears throat> she's the Sharon Taylor school now I don't know what she was before but I loved that dress and I had it like I literally had a picture of it on my desk <laughs> um, and it turned out one of the gals in our school ended up buying it from her after she was done with it so then I got to see it a lot but I liked that one um, on somebody else in terms of my favorite look, gosh, I have liked all of my dresses for different reasons. Uh, my, my favorite dress to wear, it's a tie. My blue, like light blue, fluffy cloud feather dress was like the lightest dress <laughs> that I owned. It was the old school one panel wrap skirt. And it had literal white feathers, like individual feathers glued to the sleeves. Very good look, and then like and feather- I think we
1: can all pinpoint exactly what year that was probably from.
0: <laughs> oh was, gosh, yeah, That I got it used, but I wore it in two thousand five, six, and seven, maybe yeah. or maybe just two thousand seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it had a feather boa uh, trim before that was outlawed. I love that one, and then of course my red and black homemade one because I wore it for so long.
1: And it's iconic. Um,
0: the only thing I didn't like that about that one was that I know, but the only thing I didn't like about that one is that I couldn't take it off. Like I had to leave it on. Between Were you sewn into everything. it? Everything, and I wasn't sewn into it. But it was like a top. It was two tops. It was like two tops layered on top of each other, and then a dress that was just on one shoulder, and like it was a corset back. Uh, and so it was just like it was just a pain to take off, and it was so easy to sit in. Like it wasn't as. Yeah. My favorite with my new tiara for Aractus, like I think that's probably my favorite look to date. I just felt like super regal and stuff.
1: The tiara was a good, a good one. I like mm-hmm. it too.
0: Thanks.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love that tiara. Um. Yeah, favorite uh, looks for myself. It's funny because. I feel like I really loved all my dresses. I didn't have many dresses. I think I only went through about four of them um, over the years. However, I feel like each had um, something very specific about it that made me really like them. So, like, I I have such a fond memory of getting my first solo dress. Because in my mind, I always wanted something that was... For some reason, I just had this image of myself in, like, black, neon green, and red lipstick. This was before I even wore red lipstick, like, every day. But I had, like, this vision of myself wearing that. And I in 2012, um, some friends drove up to the Brosler I got in with like late registration. The lady let me register when she should not have. It was very serendipitous. I was a novice and I won like three of my dance. I swept. I, I got like some seconds, but mostly first. It was it was like a, a big sweep for me. And I, so I earned my dress that day and I went to the rack at the Brosler and I, I was, like, 13 at the time, but I was kind of tall and kind of more of a mature figure, so I didn't think I was just going to stumble and find a dress that I liked, let alone one that happened to be black, neon green, with, like, sparkles all over it, and it did, and it fit like a glove, and, um, yeah, that was, that was, it was such a, it was so serendipitous, I keep saying that word, but it was, that was a really special memory, just because everything worked out so strangely well, um so that uh, that dress holds a special place in my heart and i i pay i didn't pay all, i paid like nothing for it it was a homemade dress that had been used um so i was selfishly kind of happy when it didn't sell none of my dresses have sold <laughs> if anyone wants a solo dress uh dm me um however i i feel like a special mention i the last dress i competed in was a custom-made dress and i'd never had one before so that was special it was um covered in stars uh it was supposed to be, like, referential to, like, the Star of and Dill um, and stuff by Tolkien, like, if you know, you know. But um, I kind of feel bad, though, one. because I kind of stopped competing not too long after I bought that dress. And so some ways I don't feel like I got to make as many memories in it as I did my other dresses. Um, oh, and I will include one more story. When I went to nationals for the first time, uh, for the only time, 2015, I was wearing a dress that was made I think in 2008 maybe 2007 but I really liked I like I bought it like I really liked this dress um it, it was red and it was like a one that's cut down the middle with two different designs and I loved it but um I was told before Nash- or the day I danced at nationals actually that you know like Annabelle you danced really well but like you probably would have recalled if you had a new dress and then I recalled, so um, if anyone's listening to the podcast, feeling inadequate about their look, just remember I recalled at Nationals in 2015 on a, like a, a ridiculously old dress. Anything is possible if you polish things up. <laughs> I was wearing a huge wig, maybe that distracted from it, I don't know.
1: I like how you worked in an advertisement for dresses and a motivational <laughs> speech into your answer.
2: <laughs> I gotta make the most of my time on here. <laughs> there you go. Um. So, question number two, kind of piggies k- piggyback. I can't talk today. You turn on a recorder, and suddenly I forget how to speak. Question number two piggybacks off the last one. In general, did you have a favorite fashion era of Irish dance? What was what was your favorite era to be a dress owner? Hmm. Or even just to watch, even if you didn't necessarily invest in a dress at that time period.
1: I never had one, but when the swoop skirts came in, they were pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big shakeup. Um, I can tell you what era I hate, and I think we're finally out of it. (laughs) Those freaking Easter basket skirts. Easter
2: basket skirts, does everyone know? (laughs) We we explained that on last podcast, didn't we? It has definitely come
1: up before.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: They look like the things that you buy at CVS to stuff your Easter basket (laughs) with that fake, nasty grass.
0: I've seen a few in that the air designs feed recently,
1: though. I can't wait till it dies.
0: <laughs> it's better than feathers. That, that was an interesting it's period. Debatable. I don't know.
1: I would rather see tasteful feathers than your grass.
0: Yeah, that's true. Some feathers okay. were awesome. Yeah, depending the the one. I mean, it was really kind of awful the way that the individual feathers were on the sleeves of mine. the The bow was not a problem. It was the sleeve. You should see a picture. I should send it to you guys because it's pretty funny. <laughs>
2: I know. We should actually, um, we should put some old pictures up actually when we're done with
0: this. I'm sure everybody would enjoy. They would. Um, a fashion thing that I'm glad we're done with. Is that what the question is? No, no actually was your
2: favorite me. fashion era, but oh, maybe <laughs> the one that you hated the
0: most is funnier, so. <laughs> favorite fashion. Man, I, I, I missed, okay, I missed out on the classic velvet. I got a solo dress like right as that was leaving and raw silk was the thing and this would have been like 99 2000 and I kind of wish I had had a velvet dress honestly I know they're heavy um but I, I just like that look I think it's really classy like I don't mind sparkles but I don't want a dress made out of sequins um like I think that's just a little bit overkill so I don't know I I think that probably that velvet was my favorite to to look through in terms of my favorite choreography style
1: wait that um, was part of it too
0: no it was just fashion no no it was just fashion oh oh okay.
1: sorry <laughs> that, that might be a question right, later I I say the rest of my
0: answer <laughs> okay 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 i'll hold i'll hold it then
2: for me i have to piggyback onto the uh the velvet in the embroidery era um of course that's a big generalization I honestly love anything that was um the less elaborate dresses from like the 70s through the late 90s when they were getting more um more elaborate I started being involved with Irish dance in the early the very early 2000s so where I was it was like newer dresses that weren't velvet were starting to come in but there was still very much that sense of the velvet oh like we don't want to replace those they're very nice um a little bit controversial maybe when new dresses came in and I don't like doing that. That's not traditional. So we can't have new things, but like, Oh, I definitely was influenced by the, those lovely velvet dresses. I also liked, um, honestly, I enjoyed the the later days of my competing. So I'm thinking like late 2015 through 2017 where I felt like Celtic knots and maybe I don't want to say minimal per se, but I felt like, you know, maybe skirts were a little stiffer. Um, there was more knot work. Um, maybe more of a regal vibe started coming in with like, different variations on bun wigs and like maybe more natural curls um for larger wigs I liked yeah. that a lot and we're still kind of in that I'd say um yeah. I mean I feel like the natural curl wigs have gotten bigger the bun wigs have gotten bigger but in general a lot of that's still going on so that's I'm not as up to date truthfully with dress designs right now but um I think some of that is still going on it kind of felt like fashion fashion still moves fast in Irish dance but I feel like if I jumped back in a competition with the dress that I bought at the very end of 2015 that it really wouldn't be that out of place. Whereas I feel like if you said that in 2005 and the year was like 2010, like you'd absolutely stick out. So I think there's maybe more of a sense of timelessness now that I like.
1: That's true. So like things are still moving
2: fast. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like you can, they're a little bit more ambiguous and we're not so much on ditching one style entirely.
0: And the difference between the top dressmakers and the not so top dressmakers is harder to tell now. Like, back in the day, it was it was so obvious if it was like a homemade dress. Yeah, and I mean, not maybe not at first because I feel like my first dress fit in pretty well, and it was a mom at our school who had made it. Um, but then I feel like in those two thousands, it was like. Mm, if you didn't have like a Gavin, a Shaparenka, an elevation, like it was fairly obvious.
2: And those were um, really are old all
0: these other dressmakers. Like... have – Right. I mean, there, like there the were Holy others. It was sure, but... everything
2: else was like, don't bother. In a way.
0: Yep. But now it's like so many people are making dresses, and they're making really nice dresses. Like I, if I didn't ha- see the little crown or the little DP flames, like I don't think I would be able to tell. No, who made? a dress yeah anymore
2: you definitely used to I have be to, 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 to say about, your about the current your dresses
0: I've really oh yeah for sure um I think one of the current trends that I really appreciate is the slimmer sleeves like I know it's not necessarily flattering on everybody but I really like I mean and I was doing this back in 2012 you guys or 2011 like that's my dress was the very slim sleeves like they were fitted and then all of a sudden in the last couple of years I'm like ooh, hey guess what <laughs> my dress would still be in style now
2: I agree with um, but that. I really
0: like that yeah. I think it's flattering
2: that's one of the modifications I got done on that really old dress that I wore to nationals that year um basically to get this like eight year dre- eight year old dress ready for a nationals I covered it in more crystals but I also got the sleeves taken in and I I genuinely think that updated the whole thing and I have to agree that I am glad that slimmer sleeves are in fashion I don't know if this counts no I think it does uh, I think we can we can probably all agree that shorter poodle socks is the best thing to ever happen yes I used to be a, a knee-high kind of chick and let me tell you my large calves that was no look for them
1: yes I hate long poodle socks with a passion
0: <laughs> looks pretty yeah it was not fluttering. At all. I don't think that's a controversial opinion to throw
2: out there and say, just stay away long poodle socks.
0: No, I mean, I think they might have their place. Like there are some people who look better with a little bit of a higher one. But, yeah. It depends on really how socks, long your leg
2: is and you have what size your. whether you have like a short calf or a long You need calf. to
0: see, you need to see the little definition in your calf muscle. So
1: yes. Well, and I also just appreciate seeing the actual leg instead of it going from sock to kneecap to dress hem like it used to.
2: There's something very visually pleasing about that trend. Oh, man. Okay. Three. Question number three. Um, do you remember your first Fesh? Your first Fesh memories?
1: Nope. No recollection whatsoever. Man, you started young. <laughs> I know. Well, and see, I didn't actually even start going to Fesh's until I think like three years in. So I would have been like uh, eight or nine. But okay. I still have no recollection. I should be old enough to remember. I just don't.
2: They all kind of blend together, though, at that age, I feel like. Uh, do you remember your first fashion, Diana?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember what I wore because that's what everybody wore. We had a white blouse, and we rented our little jumper from the school. Mm-hmm. Remember that. I remember I did well. I got like a fourth and an honorable mention or something. I didn't ever do a first fashion competition. I just jumped right in. Cause my mom didn't know. Um, I, I think I did like probably two or three dances. I don't, I, I don't really have like a distinct memory of it, but I kind of do remember a little bit about that time period, I guess, and just like the essence of what baby Diana was like.
2: Sure. I, um, I vividly remember my first fetch because I was 13 when I did. I was an under 12 or no, an under 13. Yeah. I forget how ages are. I was 13. I know I was 13. My first fesh was the Old Dominion fesh in 2011. Um, I grew up doing Irish dance and then I went on a break and I came back. And when I came back, I decided I wanted to compete. So um, I wasn't when I returned to Irish dance, like, I wasn't a beginner beginner, because I basically went to class, was a beginner, then, like, had this memory, like, I listened to a reel I used to dance to when I was a kid, and I had, like, every step come back to me, and I, and I danced a lot, so I started, like, when I came back as a beginner, but I was, I was really pushing, like, novice level, um, and doing slow dances by the time I entered the fesh scene, so I, I my first fesh I did as a novice, and, um, yeah, I don't know if anyone on here it's the old, I don't think the old Dominion Fash happens anymore, but this was when it was just held in some old high school, you know, um, and kind of near Fairfax, I guess. And, um, I wore my school dress and like what I always called a little Bo Peep wig, like those curly kind of short wigs from like 2005. And I was, I didn't wear a bun wig because I was so nervous that no one else would be wearing a bun wig. And like everyone wore a bun wig and I showed up in this super old, full wig and I looked probably ridiculous and it was a really it was a really packed fesh I remember I couldn't hear the hornpipe I think I got almost last in everything so debatably maybe I should have been an advanced beginner but like it was a good experience um and once I think once you do a hot fesh in the middle of the summer like anything anything after that just feels like you're moving up in the world because <laughs> next was nation's capital and I was like oh this is just I'm pampered um so that was that was my first fesh
1: all right so we have one and a half memories out of the three of us.
0: <laughs> I, just I remember to be the elderly starter. <laughs> I remember those wigs Annabelle. I call them the beginner two wigs cuz yes, like everybody in beginner two did the, <laughs> yeah, had that. Yeah, we wig for the big <laughs> even, when it's not a bun wig. Even years later.
2: Yeah, they were still, still out them. of
0: fashion. They're they're still out of fashion, but people still wear them. Or it's like the <laughs> like homeschool wig. Never yeah.
2: Funny. Um, I think I still own a hair donut I bought at Fashion. It's like memories, memories. Um, okay, so this question I really, really hope no one can answer it.
1: <laughs> okay. But
2: you never know. Have you ever puked at a fashion? Have you ever thrown off? On stage or off? Did it ever happen?
1: No.
0: Ooh, Diana. It did. I did worlds in twenty two thousand. 2000 no was it philly either 2008 2009 i can't remember which and i had never ever had a five hour energy before and i took one that day and i walked off stage from my first dance and puked in the trash can
1: nice so not on stage
0: <laughs> not on, oh no not on stage yeah
2: thank you for not being the one that did it on stage and made it slippery for everyone else
0: <laughs>
1: but I now have any time that, that that does that, that to people well, especially if you don't know what your
0: body's gonna do, like any kind of yeah. energy enhancing anything, like whether you're, I take goo personally, like whether you're taking goo or like little energy bites or like an energy shot, whatever you're doing, make sure you practice it beforehand so you know how your body reacts because the nerves combined with all that concentrated caffeine on an empty stomach was just the worst combo. Yeah, oh my college. I think I felt like I was gonna puke a lot because especially because I would get nervous but I think I'm pretty sure that's the only time I've ever actually thrown up
2: I've never puked at a fesh I did go to a fesh once that was like a few days after I'd gotten over a stomach virus and I I danced terribly in case you're wondering but like I went anyway because I paid the entry fee um however oh I had a memory that was like loosely related to this maybe I Maybe I don't. Oh, I do remember one time I, I think if this question was inspired by this story I'd heard where um, I think it was back in uh, it was dance.net back in those days, Mark Arrington, the fesh musician, he had an account and he told a story one time. I'm like, Oh, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you at a fast He told about where a girl, you know, she finished her set, she bowed to the judges, she turns around bow to him and she bows and she pukes directly into his fiddle case. <laughs> and that story it, I wasn't there but Aww. for some reason the way he worded Aww. it was so vivid that it like stuck with me forever
1: that's I uh... can just, like
2: see the dance.net font <laughs> yeah no. I can
1: too that's hilarious but also terrible at the same time
2: or, like, when you're at a major and you're, like, looking out for the slippery spot where they've had to clean it.
1: Well, that's one of my fears as, like, being a TC who has to, like, run stages and stuff. Yeah. He's running a stage and having someone puke and having to, like, put the cat litter on it and sweep it up and everything.
2: Uh, why did I ask this question? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <laughs> did you guys, this is question number five. Um, have you ever false started
1: before? Yes. I was like a fairly new open, not that that should matter, because I'm pretty sure it was a real. And I oh, seven.
2: That's so sad.
1: And like I knew it when it happened, but I couldn't stop it.
2: <laughs> Were you just qualified, or did they just like say it in the comments, like, hey?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just got a comment being like, start on time. You know, That's kind the of off. them. Yeah, that was nice of them, because
0: they, they can DQ you for that. Um, I have never false started, but I, I did not start one time. <laughs> I was doing Drunk Engager. I think I was in open at this point. So it's probably maybe like o five o six. I remember which fresh it was. It was St. Ambrose. And I just didn't start. Like, I just kind of froze on stage. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure I still got fifth. So I count that as a win. I just redanced. I really don't know what happened.
2: Well... I have a similar-ish story, but it actually, I never false started, but it actually ties into question number six, which is, have you ever blanked entirely on stage? And I can't believe I'm going to tell this story because this happened late in my dance career. I went through like, I mean, I could speak like with such authority. Like I've never false started. I've never blanked. Well, um, this was when I was still living in Ireland. I went to some fesh in Cork. I forget. Or Charleville or something. And um yeah, it was a big deal. Like I took the bus out. I actually left the house. It was exciting. And um there was all oh, it was right it was kind of close before the monsters, but my set was still pretty new at this stage. But like I had practiced it enough that I really was not nervous. I've shown up to feses with way less thrown together choreography. And um I was having, a, my competition was small, and I like, it was one of the, I really felt like I was gonna be in first or second at this fashion. and I, if you know me, you know I never go into a FESH with such confidence, but I was feeling good. And I get to the set round, and I'm like, okay, Annabelle, like, bring home the gold. And um, I started, and I think I started doing a set, I was doing Downfall of Paris for one of my um, exams at UL, and I think maybe I started doing that and for some reason, I just like, I could not get my thoughts back on track. And I I just like, I just stopped dancing. I was like, oh, oh no, oh no. And um, I walked up to it. was like the most humiliating moment of my life. Thankfully, it was a small thash. Um, my teacher was so good about it. Um, he, he's the best. He told some funny story that happened to him at Worlds once. I wonder if it's true or if he was just trying to make me feel better. Um, but when results came out, I got fourth out of four. So still came away with a sash, even though I was dead last and uh before the set round I'd been in second place which kind of that kind of stung but it was like funny I I took it in good humor it was like something that really I was laughing about as it happened though like it's seriously probably one of the most embarrassing things I ever did in my life I like it oh I can't believe it I I was I had such a sense of like superiority because I'd never done anything like that on stage before yikes
1: it was just the universe giving you like a a a little check
2: it was you're like you're getting a little too you get a little too confident let's just knock you down a peg really prepared me for (laughs) for rough results later so
0: yeah i've never blanked um but i have a story that i hope will be a good answer for a future question if not maybe i'll tag it on at the end but the one i'm thinking of right now is that i started doing my friend's choreography to this dance that we both did so i had like I used to be like, I would choreograph everything with my teacher for all of the champ students. And so I would have different versions of the same set dance in my head because we all usually did something slightly different. Yeah. And so I was at, gosh, maybe like a South Carolina Fesh or something. And maybe it was the Walsh Kelly Fesh actually. Um, and I got up to do it and I like got partway through the step. And then I just started doing hers and I like totally freaked out. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I pretty much did trebles for about four bars, like trebles, random treble sequence until I got back into the center of the stage where I needed to start (laughs) left foot. And then I did left foot fine. So I didn't stop. I didn't like, I hope it didn't show on my face, Um, but it was funny because I, I knew I was the clear winner despite that flub and so I was really wondering like what the judges would do. Two of the judges still gave me first and then one of the judges gave me last in my set. My still won, which is great. But it just oh goes gosh. to show you too, I think this is a good lesson too. Like just because you flub something, like if you keep going and you are if you're deserving, like yeah. some judges might really penalize you, but you can't just give up. Yeah you, know, you just have to you keep have a going. panel of
2: at least three. So you never yep. know who's gonna be like on your side that day yep um, okay. <laughs> this one could be fun. This is number seven. Um the question is, let's see what is the most outrageous name or incorrect assumption you've heard somebody make about Irish dance, or like you know, or it's like clog dancers, or like, have you ever had something really outrageous happen to you with someone making an
1: assumption about what you did? Sort of. Um, I've flown with my dress bag many, many times, as I'm sure a lot of people have. And, you know, people are always kind of confused about what it is, especially like the little Helen Doyle ones that are like cut right to the shape of the skirt. Mm -hmm. So I had somebody ask like, Oh, is that a kite? (laughs) And I was like, uh, no, uh, it's a, a dancing dress. And they were like, Oh, okay. Like it looks like a kite and it caught me super off guard in the moment. But when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I could see how people would think there's a kite in here. And, like, it's hard, kind of, and, like, very flat. And then the only other thing I can think of was I was flying back to Ireland for, like, I don't know, the second semester or something. And I was flying through JFK, and I always had my dance shoes in my backpack or my dress bag or something. And the TSA person was like, oh, like, um, we have to check your bag. It looks like there's, like, metal. I'm like, yeah, my dance shoes are in there. And they're like, oh, cool. What kind of dancing? Like I'm having this whole conversation like, oh, yeah, it's Irish dance. Cool. Yeah. And they're like, oh, can we see the shoes? And But the way they asked, it was kind of like they were just interested. Like, can can we see the shoes? So I'm like pulling them out of the bag. And they're like, no, really, like you need to get them faster. We need to examine your shoes. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, I can't think of any
2: i don't i mean i think everyone has something like highland dancing versus river dance or like whatever however i actually that um i'll piggyback on your story with the shoes i was flying home for christmas this year and i don't even travel you know like with as many dance shoes on me as i used to i just have like i, I left most of my shoes here i really only used the one pair i was bringing home but i packed other shoes so the airport i fly out if to go home um from sydney um in in Cape Breton it's about this it's one room like the airport's literally like a room and so you know you you weigh your bags to be checked but then you have to wheel them to be like go through security and then put on the plane because like they're not doing it for you it's a tiny airport so I gave um, my checked bag to this like bag check security lane and they um they put it through and we're like having the having the chats because I'm like the only one at the airport already. This flights like, probably only have 12 people on it anyway. And um they, they send my bag through the metal detector thing and they're like, Did you pack enough pairs of shoes in there, young lady? And I'm like, Okay, listen, I usually pack way more than this. You don't you don't know my life, okay? Um I thought that was funny. Like you could have left some of these at home. How many do you really need? Let's
0: see how it is. I'm a dancer. <laughs> I can't I – I'm sure I've gotten all, like, the normal ones. I can't really think of, like, a specific instance that stands out to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've definitely all gotten the standard ones.
0: Yeah. Every now yeah. and then someone has a
2: zinger for that one. But if not, I, so many of us just have the standard. <laughs> You're a leprechaun. <laughs> um, okay. I almost <laughs> – I remember almost not writing this question down because you know I – you know I have a soft spot for fashion musicians. However, at some stage, certainly a musician has messed up your set or something because live music is just risky by <laughs> by nature.
1: So, are we naming a time that they? Uh, messed yeah, yeah. Mess up your set. Yeah, I wrote mess up your
2: set, but really any time I think could fly for this if you were because I feel like the most mistakes happen in sets. But you know, you have a different.
1: different yeah, I don't moment. have anything too crazy. Um, When I was younger, like high school age, sometimes like tunes getting played in weird keys or like weird, um, I don't know, like weird ornaments that they would do, like either hold a note like for a long time or like randomly go up an octave in like one part, like would throw me off just for like a second, I never stopped or anything, but like it would almost make me think that like something was wrong and then I would be focused on that instead of what I was actually supposed to be doing. Um, And then it happened to a student a couple years ago that they were doing Kilkenny races and the musician just stopped before like the eight bar, like little extra part at the end of the set. You know what I mean? Like when everyone thinks it's over and then there's eight more bars. Yeah, they just kind of stopped there. Like- Ta-da! You're done! And <laughs> she, she thought she was wrong. Like, she thought that she, like, danced over or something. And the judges were just kind of like, Uh, no, there's more music. Oh, my so God. They let her go again, like, just the set part. And she got through it. He got through it. It was all fine. But, uh, those are the ones that stand out. That's funny.
2: Yeah, i Certainly yeah, this has I, happened
0: to you. Oh, of course. So... When we first, when I first started doing Rodney's Glory, um, especially because I danced it at 76, I definitely had some errors. I won't name names, but it was actually the same musician who messed up my teacher's Rodney Rodney's Glory like 20 years prior, oh, no. 15 years prior. That's so funny. Like we had a feeling it might happen, and it didn't really mess me up. Like I don't remember exactly what happened. Maybe he just like played the tune wrong or something, but I ended on time, whatever. Um, but yeah, that was really frustrating. And then like, I, after that, I tried to warn all the musicians. I'm like, okay, I do Rodney's Glory at 76, get out your book. Um, which is not, it's not that weird of a set to do, but I feel like the speed threw people off. Um, I also did that at nationals, I think it's 2015. And I still did really well that year, but I think I could have done better because the musicians played it really wonky. I will just say that I had a keyboardist and a fiddler, and the two of them did not agree on the bass accompaniment pattern.
1: Oh, no. For doing
0: no. the set at 76. And also, I just don't like dancing to fiddles at majors. Um, so I have that beef already, but they really just did not play it well, and it felt like I was off time the whole dance. Probably because I was, because they just weren't playing it very well. Because, like, you have, I listen to the bass a lot more than I listen to the notes. So those bottom chords are super important. Um, As an
2: accompanist, I agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it was just really tricky to follow. And then I've had the same issue. I've done hurry only a handful of times, actually, at competitions. Um, but I've done hurry the jug for a while now, too. And I kind of run into the same things, especially because, again, I also do it slow. I do it at 66. And so the very first time I did it at a FESH, it was the FESH in Syracuse back in 2015. And again, I'm not going to name names, especially because he's one of my favorite musicians. But he, I don't, he swears he played it at 66. I'm like, bro, this was like 62. Like it was so slow because he wanted to, I'm sure, and I don't know. Like if you have a metronome, how can you be off? But maybe he, I don't know what happened, but could have ignored it. it. (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't, I really honestly don't know what happened. Um, and I had warned him prior as well, so he was prepared. And then um, I've tried to do that as much as I can since then. Like, at majors, it's not quite as big of a deal, usually because the musicians, like, have practiced it up so that they're not thrown off when they get a weird set. Um, and usually they're also, like, the very practiced musicians. That's why they're doing majors. Yeah. But at local fashion, I like, yeah, I've had quite a few times where they just don't play it quite correctly
2: i um i guess yeah i don't have a story actually but i remember i was involved in it i guess where when i was in me and my friend were in prelims so we signed up for a fesh um to do an extra set special because we were going to the aractus that year and um she danced blackthorn and she got up to dance and um the musician started playing uh the drunken Gager so uh i mean if you're knowledgeable enough you know that it's basically the same dance even though musically it might not sound as pleasing to do one to the other. However, bars, they're exactly the same, but, um, yeah, she didn't know that. She didn't signal to the stage manager that that's not her set. I noticed, and I went to the stage manager, and the stage manager didn't do anything, and I was, like, trying to signal to my friend, like, hey, you can dance through this, like, it will actually fit your set, but she didn't know. I forget, I genuinely forget what happened, but I remember being, like, come on, like, that's not her set. Fix it. Anyway, um, question nine. Um, do you you have any embarrassing or funny could just be funny um side stage stories from waiting probably at a major I feel like is when a lot of side stage shenanigans happen um
1: no not really but the airplane arms that they had us do to when the when the wraparound uh shoulder band things came in And they decided that that probably wasn't a good idea. Remember when the the top shoulder band things came in? And then some of them, like, legitimately did hold people's arms down. And then they were like, ooh, we should probably make sure that that can't happen. So, like, it was super random for a very short period of time that before you danced on stage in a major, you had to raise your arms over your head. Think was that? Like, at two of them. Like, I distinctly remember doing it backstage at, like, in all Scotlands, like, something in Glasgow, and then, like, one other place. It's kind of, like, just as random as the airplane arms they had everyone do at that Nationals, uh, what is it, two years ago? Yeah, yeah, the Orlando one, where everyone had to walk on stage and do the arm thing. Did you miss this? Right. I I, was yeah,
0: not, I remember no, I, because- Dude, I was... Not, I wasn't it was some
1: actually. whole controversy, and I don't really know what the the real true story is. But the mm-hmm. rumor was that somebody had fallen on the first day, and their arms were somehow secured to their sides, so they yeah. weren't able to catch themselves when they fell. That's the the rumor that was going around. So then from there, now on... I remember
0: I- hearing that. Now that now that you say it, yeah, I'm from the this.
1: for the rest of yeah. the week, the dancers they didn't check it backstage like they did in our day. They had them go on stage stand like they were going to point their toe, and then before the music started, they had to put their arms up and down.
0: That's
2: hilarious.
1: But, uh, no, I... Maybe I'll think of some later, but no, I can't think of anything embarrassing. I mean, I'm sure I've embarrassed myself somehow, like, asking somebody some awkward question in an attempt to appear social or something, but...
2: Oh, I I have. This is one that will be, like, burned in my memory forever. So, I mean... I mean, technically I'm introverted, but I'm a rather loud and talkative person. And um, I guess also when I'm nervous, but like kind of in an excited way, I talk more. But I like to think that I'm friends with people backstage, even though we all deal with nerves differently, I guess. Um, Anyway, I was at, um, I forget what I was at, it was a major, It was probably at Arachtas, and I was talking to the girl I was dancing with. I thought we were just having a normal conversation about like, hi, like, what state are you from? What way do you go on stage? And then, like, she cuts me off, and then says, are you, ner- like, do you talk a lot when you're nervous? And I went, maybe? She says, yeah, I can tell. And then she turned around, and I, like, oh, I felt so bad. And this might have been the same day, because maybe this just, like, wasn't my day, but this was definitely a, a southern region of this because, you know, you get, the southern region is so big, and you get kind of isolated sometimes. This sounds terrible. Sometimes i sometimes you forget that not necessarily everyone at the southern region office is going to speak english and um Mm. this might have this might have been one of my first her offices so i like you know you do forget if you're in the north of the southern region you forget sometimes and uh, i was trying to talk to the girl back next to me and um she only spoke spanish and i i felt really bad anyway i don't know enough spanish (laughs) to tell you what direction i'm going on stage but i felt really bad (laughs) because i just started talking and she was like huh
1: Oops.
0: I, I'm sure – again, I'm sure that I have these, but none of them really stick out except if there's any kind of amusing one, let's say. Um, I asked for a cup of water, like – or I think a girl had a cup of water or something, and she wasn't drinking it. Or, like, I couldn't leave because my rotation was up soon, and she didn't have to dance right away or something. And I just, like, asked this random person for a cup of water. And this was probably – Maybe it was a last year, actually. Cause I, I feel like it was more recently. So um, and she was like, Yeah, absolutely, sure. And so she brought me a cup of water. I was like, Thank you so much. Like my throat was just super dry. And so then she came up to me, like I saw her at another competition sometime after that. And she's like, I'm the girl who brought you water. I was too starstruck to say anything. Oh I did it. <laughs> and I was like, I wish I remembered you, <laughs> but That's I appreciated so your act of kindness. <laughs>
2: oh man. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one could also be another short one because I don't know. I kind of don't know where I pulled this one from, but I guess it kind of was the train of thought of how, where do your teachers from school go when school ends? Don't they live in the teacher's lounge? So question number 10 is, have you ever run into your TC, um, past or present, um, in public by accident or like unexpected or have you ever had like an unexpected meetup of Irish dance friends that you didn't think you were going to see in public but saw
1: um I don't think I've seen my childhood teachers like out randomly in public if we're not counting like Irish dance events obviously because I've seen them since then at things like that (laughs) um but as a teacher, uh, let me tell you, it's just as frightening to see your students out in public as they are to see you in public.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Remember after that trial class, we wanted to go to Sweet Frog Courtney, yep. and one of the families was there to celebrate their kids finishing trial camp, and we went and waited in the car. <laughs> yep. Oh. Because okay. your teachers want Froyo, too. Oh, that's, that's funny. so funny.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I've run into, like, parents and students and, like, the grocery store and stuff. And, uh, I mean, it's fine, but I I like to keep my life separate. Yeah. Um, um I don't think I ever ran into my college teacher anywhere. <laughs> I don't think so.
0: Well, my first teacher... I don't think I, I'm sure I ran into her outside of the school, but it wasn't awkward at all. Like she was normal and she became a good friend. And then my second teacher, who was one of the two teachers that I trained under for a while, didn't live in my area. <clears throat> she actually commuted about an hour. So I like never saw her. But even if I did, it wouldn't have been weird. Um, and then my current teacher, Ali, like, no we lived in the same city and we hung out a lot outside of class Um, and I saw her plenty of times obviously during the week for class or for other dance related things and then we would travel to competitions and stuff so it was never weird so none of my teachers it would it be really weird and I also don't think it's actually really happened.
2: Um, For me I live kind of near one of, or no like I live like I could walk to an Irish dance studio near my house which is funny because when I was a kid they were hours away um but I there is a dance studio and I used to dance with them that's very close to my house so sometimes I'll be like at the gas station or something and like I'll see like my TC like my previous TC she'll be like driving out or like I'm coming in and she's coming out so that's kind of funny where you don't notice each other or say hi but you're like (laughs) you forget that teachers aren't always in the dance studio um my teacher in Ireland I think I saw him a few times when I would I would take the bus from Limerick to Ennis for class. And some days I'd get out of school earlier than others, so I'd try to take the bus early to avoid traffic. So I'd get to Ennis like ridiculously early, which was fine because I, I love Ennis. So I would like walk around or sit in a cafe or something. So sometimes I would see him like running errands, which was kind of funny, but it wasn't like we ran into each other. However, one story of meeting up with, uh, or not even meeting up, an unexpected Irish dance run-in without a teacher I go to the beach in Emerald Isle, North Carolina, not every summer, but most summers, especially when I was growing up, and I went to the Food Lion one of the nights we were there to get groceries. I was probably like 13 or 14 at this stage, and there was was a girl, she was probably younger than me, but not by a lot, she was walking around in a Fesh t-shirt, and I was like, oh my gosh, like you Irish dance, so do I, and she looked at me like I had three heads and then walked away. It probably scared her, Sorry. (laughs) if you're listening to this and remember that. I'm really sorry it was me.
1: She was spotted in the wild.
2: Yeah, she probably might have been shy, might have scared her. She didn't want to be spotted in the wild. Sorry, child. (laughs) Um, Okay, question 11 was definitely inspired by recent events when I was writing this. (laughs) What's the dumbest way you ever injured yourself?
0: Walking. (laughs) Or standing up. Both have happened.
2: I wrote this after um, spraining an ankle like an hour before a workshop and a house concert. And I just tripped off on even pavement. However, so I was thinking that's the dumbest thing I ever did. That's Mm. not the dumbest thing I ever did. I didn't mean to do this. I... Oh, you know what happened? I went to bed. This was, I was, good, it was at UL, University of Limerick at the time. I was getting ready to perform in someone's final year performance in my second year. And um, we were doing rehearsals all the time and stuff. It was going fine. And I was just having a rough week. I, I remember I was just, I was having a rough go. So life might as well have just blown up in my face. So I went to bed and the next day I woke up and I guess like I pulled a muscle in my, in my sleep. Like I pulled my butt muscle, like everything in my butt was in pain and I was like I had to roll out of bed and go to this rehearsal so I was like popping ibuprofen doing foam rollers of everything I could and I thought I could dance I started dancing I like I had to walk off I was like in tears like it actually hurt so much and so I then um didn't feel like paying um for a taxi and um the bus didn't run by it so I walked to my physio and I, like, I limped, I dragged myself, and I was, I remember I was sitting in the, um, I was like on the phone with my mom as I was walking, I was crying, I was like, I can't believe it, like, school's too hard, and now i pulled my butt, I don't want to be a professional dancer, it was just you humiliating, like, I had to go to the doctor and say, hi, I pulled my butt. Anyway, All right, I let's got the card from the girl who I was in her final year performance after, like, we did it, it healed up fast enough, and she was like, thank you for sacrificing your butt for my, for my show.
0: All right, we need to issue a little coa here yeah do not do that do not copy annabelle if you are injured do not walk <laughs> to go get seen
2: oh yeah i never um it's funny because i'm really ocd about telling students hey don't don't dance while you're injured and i with experience of teachers making other students dance when they're injured it's something that really bothers me however i do have a lot of terrible stories about myself like that where i'm like and then i walked or like and then i taught a workshop for like two hours on a Twisted ankle, yeah. Um, I became a hypocrite in recent years, and I have only paid dearly for it. So do not be me. Do not copy me. I am sad that I don't have a good story.
1: (laughs) I, I knew I was like pretty fortunate in my dancing experience not to be like super injured, but I like legitimately can't even think of a an embarrassing injury story.
2: Fair enough. Well, right. So um, number twelve. Um, have you ever had a dream or a nightmare about a fesh or Irish dance in general?
1: I mean, before every major as a dancer, I was gonna say as Courtney a, can as a answer teacher, this. Yes, <laughs> what is it? I mean, it's always different, but does like general stress, yeah. I mean, you'll like, or before this, Iraq does, like, I'd have a dream that like I'm standing there, like I'm waiting for like a certain kid to get up on stage and then they're not there. And they're like, and there is no competitor 116. And then like you look around and they're like standing next to you.
2: (laughs) Such teacher specific panic. That's
1: pretty bad. (laughs) Or like, I don't know when it was me, I'd like have a dream the, the days leading up. Uh, and like just Something, like, kooky enough that you knew it wasn't real and wasn't going to happen would come up in the dream, but, like, it gave you just enough panic to be like, oh, my gosh, it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Diane? Oh, no, you can go, that. One of them was I went backstage to do my treble jig with, like, soft shoes on or something.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, I have basically recurring dreams, and they all relate to either missing my round or not getting my makeup on in time. <laughs> I don't know why that's a thing, but um, like I can think of several times leading up to this last practice that it was like my dream was something happened where I couldn't finish my makeup or I couldn't even start my makeup. And it was like that was the first thing I needed to do before I warmed up, before I got my shoes at like whatever. And like all those things would have been fine. And I think some of them were probably complications of having my daughter with me. Um, Which I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to have her with me at Aractus, but it was still just like the extra added stress component of, I have to take care of her so I can't do my makeup.
2: (laughs) I don't know if I've had any FESH nightmares. There were a few times where I had dreams where I was like going to results before a FESH. And then, like, I remember I had a dream once where I got, I got 10th at a FESH, and then I went to a FESH that weekend, and I got 10th at it, and I was like, whoa, I'm um, pretty sure it was just like a coincidence, I'm definitely not secretly psychic, but, um, yeah, usually for me, they weren't even necessarily stress dreams, but like, you know, we'd be words awards at them, but I can't, I don't think I have any interesting ones, I think that question was inspired by Courtney, actually. So I can tell some of these, which ones I definitely was thinking about my own life, and which ones I was thinking about you guys. <laughs> Um question 13 is what is your weirdest or funniest or most creative comment that you got back uh on results judges comments out of fesh?
1: Is it bad that I don't retain this kind of information like I, <laughs> I just sit in the moment and I'm like oh okay yep I'll do that or like okay sounds cool but I'm going to disregard that or like okay uh, but I don't I mean, I've certainly read some funny ones, like, since I've had students, but I don't remember them, like, now either.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I didn't really retain, like, it was probably funny in the moment, but I don't, nothing that, like, really sticks with me. Although I will say, the comment I have gotten consistently for my entire career, over and over, verbatim, from obviously different judges, lovely style. Yeah. And that one irked me, though, because those were usually the judges who wouldn't give me top marks. And I'm like, can you give yeah. me something to, like, something yeah. to improve on? Like, thank you for enjoying my dancing. Like, not that that's, you know, that's obviously something a lot of people would strive for. But
1: it, it was yeah, but it's like disappointing. the disappointing. It's like the comment that they put when, like, they can't really put their finger on, like, what was good and what was bad. So they're just like, well, your yeah. style was good, so. yeah. Yeah. So cool. Good for you.
2: That, wow, that sounds like my college career of performance feedback. Here's an okay grade, but nice style. Like, okay. <laughs> Clearly there was something else here, but okay. Uh, my, um, <laughs> I remember I was at a fashion, I was wearing a dress I had gotten recently. I hadn't worn it yet and it came with a pair of bloomers. I didn't realize until I got to the fashion, the bloomers Definitely did not fit me. And I had rolled up in biker shorts. So I, I was like, okay, I gotta improvise. So I scrunched them up as far as I could to be like, hope the judge doesn't notice. And um, the judge did notice. And they wrote on my judge's comments, bike shorts followed by three question marks, and I was, like, (laughs) burning in shame. I don't think I've read him as a judge again, thank goodness. Yeah, it was also bad because it was a dude. It was a a guy judge, and I was like, oh, this is just levels of awkward on top of each
0: other. Have you heard the story of the girl who went on stage with uh, tights on but no underwear?
1: (gasps) That happened to one of our kids at a performance. (laughs) One of the moms was like, just so you know, uh, one of the teenagers wasn't wearing any underwear. (gasps) like great oh, no, awful. and to this day none of them will own up to it
2: oh now that's my mind of trying to guess who it was
1: can you imagine travel <laughs> step click exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we also had a girl who was a teenager at the time at my first school that went on stage with her like school shorts on it was the sophie style with the like big lettering of our school yeah. name on the butt and she forgot to take them off they were over her bloomers, and so she went on stage like that and <laughs> Oh man! Definitely got comments.
2: (laughs) Okay, question fourteen. I'm going to kind of amend this question because I don't think it necessarily has to be a disaster. Were you ever at like? Do you have a fun travel story or far away fesh story? I wrote like, did something ever? Did you ever have a disaster where you were at a fesh where you were far from home? But like, I honestly think you could share a positive experience with this. Just something of of memory from a big travel fesh.
1: Um, well, I have one from a fesh and then I would like to include all of my workshop travel disaster horror stories. Would
2: you please <laughs> that counts
1: from a fesh, I was coming back from it must have been yeah, I think it was the All Scotlands. And I was getting the train from Glasgow to Edinburgh down like to England somewhere. And the night before I like danced. I think we got results at like 1am and like my stomach kind of felt weird. And I'm like, oh, it's probably because I'm nervous for results, whatever. Dance my set, do words, whatever. Couldn't really like sleep all night, like still felt kind of weird. And I was like, huh, like this is uh, strange because I already danced. Like I already got results. Like I'm done with this. Why am I still nervous? And then sitting on the train, um, I felt like I was going to throw up and could not make it out of my seat in time and threw up all over the train.
2: Nice. As like a 20 something
1: year old. So everyone probably thought I was like drunk or hungover, and it's like, Nope. I just, it just hit me. Um, so that was not a fun time. I mean, and then I feel like I've had every, every type of travel disaster story you can have now that I've been workshopping and flying around a lot or even like, I don't know. I feel like everywhere I go, there's always something that happens. But my favorite is probably when our already delayed flight left. We almost were at our destination. And then they turned the plane around and went all the way back to where we were. So I missed my connection, (laughs) obviously. And everyone who was watching the flight, like awaiting for my arrival, was like, this is weird. Why does it say return to gate? And I'm like, because we did. We returned to gate after like traveling for a couple hours.
2: Oh, awful. that scares me every time, the diverting flight thing, because it's really foggy where I live, um, in Cape Breton, so until you, up until when you're, like, two feet from the ground, they're like, we don't, I don't know if we're gonna land the flight today, we might just scoot back to Halifax, I'm like, I will die, like, I, oh, like, the thought of being diverted on a flight you've already been waiting for, that, like, sickens me. Um,
1: anybody else?
2: I, okay, I guess this counts. It didn't end up being a disaster, but it really could have been. So I was flying back to school in Ireland at some stage, uh, like winter semester or something. And um, my most recent solo dress, I brought it, I guess I did a fetch while I was home, so I brought it home with me. And my most recent solo dress was really easy to fold up. Um, It was pretty lightweight, so I didn't have to bring a dress bag. I could fold it up and put it in my tsa size plate carry-on rolling bag and um you know when you are traveling with like dance shoes in your dance dress you don't let anyone touch the bag because you know if you checked that and they lost it you'd just be dead um but i let them check my bag at the gate because it was a full flight and i was like you know what like what could go wrong it's just going right under the plane like i see them putting it on the plane so i I took a leap of faith and i gave them my bag and um we land in dublin and I actually, the lady I'd been sitting next to on the plane had was, was flying with her wedding dress in a similar scenario as me for her wedding. And we're waiting for all the bags to come out. And, um, you know, I get my first suitcase and my second suitcase. And I'm waiting for the carry-on bag to come out. And a lot of people are waiting for bags because there a lot of bags didn't come out. And we're all kind of freaking out. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my dress. Those are my hard She's Like, I'm going to the All-Scotland soon. And um, I have nothing. And apparently what had happened was our, they, Got something wrong with like a bag delivery. They put all of our bags from the Dublin flight like this half load. They sent them on a flight that was going to Sydney, Australia, and they realized just before the plane took off that they had um put the bags in the wrong place and they quickly fixed it. But we were waiting around a while for those bags. And it's funny because every time now that I fly to Sydney, Nova Scotia, they always are like, "Ah, oh, you're flying to Sydney, Australia." I'm like, "No, no, I have PTSD with that." Please. <laughs> Send them to the right, Sydney. I don't, I can't deal with Sydney, Australia. I've had too many near misses with bags going there.
1: And you're probably not the only one.
2: No. It, you know, it's funny. Um, this is now like completely off the rails, but everyone here in, um, I think, who flies through Sydney, Nova Scotia, so many people I know do have a story where like they got to their gate and they realized that they're, ticket like someone misprinted the ticket at the desk or their bags didn't arrive and it's because they were in Australia or they caught them just in time like everyone has a oh yeah remember that time all your stuff almost ended up in Australia
0: oh that's terrible
2: yeah but
0: I have two relatively short ones so first was traveling back from Oireachtas in 2013 I think it was 2013 um it was in DC maybe yeah should have been 2013, um, and the my teacher had left first thing in the morning, and my husband and I, and then a friend of ours from our school was uh, were on later flights. I think we ended up being on the same flight as each other. But my teacher made it out okay. But then it started snowing, and it was like really icy, and so they had halted all the planes. So my teacher made it back totally fine, and we we're like sitting here stuck in the airport. I can't remember the details, but it, we were like on and then off and then on and then off like we they kept thinking we were going to be able to go and we just couldn't and so they ended up putting us in a hotel and it was not a very nice hotel we were hungry and tired and we like ordered pizza and, like the three of us all stayed together maybe they didn't even get us a hotel but um it was a whole extra night and then then i think it was the next day that some a news crew interviewed us and so we got we were on the news that day um my other story is actually not a fast it's a great exam um, I had planned to take grade 12 yep grade 12 in Ohio somewhere and then the last minute they said oh we couldn't get an examiner that doesn't have a conflict with you like that I hadn't already had or whatever or maybe they couldn't hold him for some reason and so they're like well I already booked flights and everything and they're like, well, um, Boston's going to do them in like another couple of weeks. And they said that they'd take you. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't change the fact that I just paid 350 bucks for flights. And, um, one of the ladies from the school, I, maybe it was a mom or somebody ended up donating her miles to me so that I could use miles to pay for the flight to Boston, which was oh, wow. really sweet, Aww. but okay. That's the nice part of the story. So then I think I had a layover in Newark and it was like seven o'clock in the evening or something. And I like our flight was delayed leaving Florida. And so I was wondering if I was going to make my connection. And so I I was asking the flight attendants like, oh yeah, no, you're fine. Like we're going to get there in plenty of time. Just make sure you run straight to the gate. And I was like, yeah, that's no problem. Um, I don't mind walking on and being the last passenger. And so I get there and I like, okay, we have 15 minutes. They shouldn't be closing the door until like five minutes from now. So I went up to the gate of the airline or like the help desk or whatever. And I was like, hey, you know, just checking to make sure they don't run all the way across the airport. They're like, um, no, the boarding door is already closed. Okay. Well, I have to get to Boston to do this great exam because I already had a failed attempt the first time to even go to the first one. And now, like, I'd have to rebook book it. Like, I just, I have to get to Boston. And so there were no more flights that night. The flights the following morning were completely booked. They are standby only. The only one that they could get me on for sure was, like, a 1 p.m. flight. And I had a great exam, I think, at 3. So I decided not to do that. And I just called my mom and my husband. And I was like, find me a way. Like, book me A car or something to get me to Boston. We ended up finding train tickets, and so it was a train that I had to stay around in Newark for until like 12:30 in the morning, and it was an overnight train ride to get there. So I did that because again, I was like, I'm going to pay $65 now as opposed to $500 later to redo this. So I stayed in the airport until I absolutely had to. Got an Uber to the Newark train station which was sketchy as all get out yes it is I
2: was oh so gosh.
0: I like I don't know man the Lord was protecting me that day because <laughs> I just felt like I was out of body like it was an out-of-body experience like I was so tired trying to stay awake trying to stay safe trying to stay with other people that weren't sketchy and then I roll up to the right roll up I went up to the the deck what's it called the whatever it the is platform the deck. Platform, thank you. (laughs) The platform to wait, like thinking, okay, the train's gonna be here in like 10 to 15 minutes. And this guy, this young kid who's probably like 16 or 17, he walks up and he's like, You shouldn't be up here. And I was like, Oh, I'm just I'm just waiting for my train. He's like, No, 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 you don't understand, sweetheart. Like, you shouldn't be up here. Like, you need to go back downstairs, like, wait until the train comes and then come back up to the platform. It's like, okay like i tr- i mean i trusted him i was grateful that he didn't do anything to me and that he was the one who wanted me to not have anything done to me so i went back downstairs and waited and then it eventually came and then i befriended two like high school girls who were traveling for a college visit or something and so we all sat next to each other on the train um and then like you know the, the train kept like stopping because it was a night train and I was like freaking out that it was like broken down or something. And then then I found out later that that's totally normal. So I got there at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning. I had already called my hotel and said, I'm coming. I'll just be there at like 8 in the morning. Went, showered, fell asleep for a couple of hours, took an Uber to the grade exam, took my exam, took an Uber straight back to the airport and left.
2: Wow. That's insane.
0: I survived, man. I lived and I'm like, I will never hopefully never have to be in that situation again because not fun.
2: Oh, man. Oh, um, okay, question 15. Have you ever withdrawn from
0: a fesh? Yes. Once because I swallowed a feather. And was That's why I was made that question. Brush. That's right. And I wanted to hear uh, about yes, the feather. That, and that I, feather feather. I haven't heard the feather yet. <laughs> It was just a teeny little piece of the boa that I inhaled while I was dancing. Um, yep. Yeah, Courtney, did you ever withdraw from a fesh?
1: Uh No, I don't think so. I don't think I ever have. I mean, I'm sure I've, like, signed up for a fash and then just, like, not gone or something. But I haven't, mm-hmm. like, showed up, started around, and then pulled out.
2: Yep. Same scene. Yeah. Nope. Well, number 16, have you ever braved extreme life, life circumstances or bad weather to make, to make it to a fesh?
1: Kind of. I mean, there's this fesh in January. It's actually this coming weekend, but it always snows that day. Always. Like, in the last, in I think for as long as I have been dancing it has snowed on that FESH day every single year. And we're supposed to get snow Saturday night. So of course, I think it's going to hold true again this year. But uh, we would typically still go to the FESH and it was like an hour from where I grew up. So, I mean, we'd brave at least some snow to to still go do the FESH. But yeah. everyone was doing it.
2: <laughs> well, that's such a new Englander. Everyone was doing it. Just drive through the snow. I, um... I think it was my freshman year of college, I came home, and I was getting ready for the All-Scotland, so I was like, I'll do a fesh while I'm home. Man, note to self, never say you're going to do a fesh on your own for Christmas vacation from college. That was terrible. I had to actually, like, do things with my break. Anyway, um, worked over Christmas for the care of fesh and, you know, my dad's like, of course, I'll like, I'll drive yeah, I'm still off work then. Um... And I'm from Virginia, so, like, we have winter, but also not really. However, we got this freak, like, cold front and a blizzard, like, a, an actual blizzard hit. And uh, we got a lot of snowfall in a little bit of time, and we were supposed to be driving to Carafesh this day, and my dad was like, He didn't want to disappoint me. He was like, okay, the fesh is tomorrow. Like, let's like see how bad the storm ends up being, and then we'll figure it out. And you know Virginians can't handle winter weather. Like, we're not pulling out the snow plows. Like, everything's shut down. Anyway, we wait we wait until nighttime. We leave it probably like seven in the evening when the snow has died. The roads are terrible, but the snow died down. And I think we were driving on the highway 95 at like 10 miles per hour, not because of traffic. The only time I can ever say that about 95, not because of traffic, but because it was so icy and it was so deep and nothing had been plowed. And we drove like at 10 miles an hour for, for so long. And I guess it was somewhere around like the DC, Maryland border where the storm hadn't really hit and we suddenly were able to just go at full speed. So it was a cold weekend in Pennsylvania, but it wasn't like they hadn't gotten a blizzard. And I can't believe my, I can't believe my parents drove me like we were, it was dangerous. Um, but yeah, no, they did it. We made it.
0: We paid $75
2: for this. We're we going to go. It's true. We had a we have a little, like, a cute little hotel room in some nearby town. Like, we were passing it up. <laughs> they have, like, a no cancellations policy or something. We're like, we have to make it, let alone the FESH fees.
0: I feel like the closest I have to some kind of weather trekking was – I did a FESH weekend in 2015. That was probably the most memorable I've ever done. And I did it with my teacher, and that made it better. Um we did the Fesh, one of the Fesh's in Chicago, the Malay Godly Fesh, and then caught a flight on Spirit Airlines. Don't fly Spirit Airlines. Um, Spirit Airlines to Minneapolis to do the Northern Mid America or some, some, the NMA Championships, whatever that stands for. Um, and the reason we wanted to do that one was because they were giving cash prizes so we the only flight that left late enough to safely leave the fesh on saturday was a spirit airlines 7 30 p.m something but it was like crazy weather that night like we got to the airport okay but then it was just crazy rain i mean this is in the middle of summer so it's not like it's snow or anything um and so it got delayed and delayed and delayed and then when we did end up flying like well spirit was the crappiest customer service ever but um, we also had so much turbulence and we didn't get there until like after midnight and then had six hours in our hotel room, which was expensive because they had some baseball game or something that weekend up there and then did the fetch and then came home. So we braved this Beard Airlines sketch flight in the middle of a rainstorm. <laughs> Well, my teacher was crying next to me. Sorry, Allie. But she was crying in the seat next to me because she, she hates turbulence. And I, I understand. I hate spiders. So, like, I, I would understand. <laughs> I understand her, her uh, fear. But it, was very, it made for an even more memorable weekend. Yikes. Well,
2: have you ever uh, shown up to a fesh um, without something important like a dress or your wig or your shoes and you're freaking out?
1: yeah i'm sure i'm sure i have um i'm trying to figure out what exactly i oh okay okay i got it so i came home from school for the summer or something and i don't know why but i maybe no i don't know why i wouldn't have had my i know i had my wig But my wig was so much lighter than my hair. My wig was like Diana's hair color. So I needed the like Jerome Russell spray. So I'm like getting my stuff ready the night before the fash. And I was like, "Uh, mom, I don't have any spray. And she was just kind of like, okay, well, um," and this might, for whatever reason, we like, we're like, there's no way we're going to get it out the fash. I don't know if they just didn't carry the right color. I don't know what it was. So we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And because of course, like, why not just dance with your hair down? Right? Like, duh. But (laughs) why do the normal thing? Why do that? So I like the night, this is all like the night before concocted some way to do like my hair kind of like in like an updo thing before the little side wig thing was like a, 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 a thing. So I did it accidentally before it was a thing because I didn't have the spray to match my wig. But it was this whole crazy thing. And my mom was just like, this is going to look stupid. Like, (laughs) don't do that. It's going to look stupid. But then it actually ended up looking really cool. Um, And then I ended up doing it a couple more times, like just on days I didn't feel like spraying my hair and wearing my wig. So it all worked out in the end. But it was like a panic
0: I think the only time I ever forgot something was when I was a novice and prize winner
1: and I had St.
0: Patrick's day still in beginner two. So I had to wear my school dress and I like hadn't worn it for a while or something. And so we just weren't even, or I guess because everything else was in novice prize winner, like we weren't thinking about it. And then we get to the Fesh and we realize, realized we don't have my school costume. So fortunately it was a close one. Like it was probably like half an hour away um, and we had, obviously gotten there early so we just sent my dad back home to go get it and I think I was like side stage about to walk on and he he, I remember he like handed it over to me and my mom over the fence like he had like driven in and like didn't even park like he just stopped and like handed it over the fence and and then kept and then went to park and then I danced. That's
2: funny. I'm the most forgetful person and yet I can't think of any moment in which I forgot something really important for a fesh. However, I had a friend once um, at a dance school at some stage. We were at a fesh together, and she had, like, left her shoes at home or something. Like, and we were hours away from where we were from. And um, I felt bad. She's like, can I wear your shoes? And um, we're the same height. But unlike most five-four women, my feet are gigantic. So I was like, you could wear them, but you won't fit into them. They're going to be, like, three sizes bigger than what you need. But that's – um. Uh, i can't think of any of my own
1: though i'm impressed because how many times did you forget <laughs> your lunch on my kitchen table
2: every day courtney every day <laughs> i forget something for everything but for some reason for fashions, i don't i i don't know but i was always okay i don't know why um i mean there was a few times when i like remember i was out of white tape and i was like oh we need to stop at a lowe's along the way or something but um no nothing panicky Oh, I always forget sock glue, but someone always has sock glue. so like Yeah, that's no thing. big deal. Yeah, I, I exactly. currently
0: don't own sock glue anymore because my thing ran out after like 10 years. So <laughs> I'm just like, you know, if I'm only doing like two more competitions, I'm, I'm just going to borrow. I'm going to mooch. I'm going to mooch. I'm not investing at this point. That's true. That Those $4 could last you four decades. You really <laughs> right. Try. Um, let's see. We're
2: almost done. We have okay. three questions left. Yay. So do you have a good luck ritual?
1: Uh, when I was competing, everything had to be done exactly the same way. every <laughs> Every day I danced.
2: That sounds It was about just right.
1: like <laughs> I had a certain amount of time before, like if the competition was supposed to start at 8, I'm like, okay, then I have to wake up at 5 or 5.30 or whatever it was. And then I have to do my hair. And then while I do my hair, I'm going to eat this specific thing. And then I'm going to do my makeup while eating this specific thing. And then we'd have to be leaving the hotel and going to wherever it was by a certain time. And then like, I had a whole warm up thing that had to be done uh, so that I could feel like ready to go. Okay. So.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't have that. Um, I mean, like I have my routine and stuff, but it's not, I don't feel like it's a ritual or anything, but I did have, I'm glad I remembered this because it's a super embarrassing, but whatever. I went to the Portland erectus in 2004 and I had been working towards a world qualification for a couple of years at that point. And I got really close, but I didn't qualify. And, um, I'm pretty, wait. No, it had to have been 06. Okay. So I think it was 06. And so I went to watch the next day. I think I probably competed on like Saturday or something. And so I went to watch the next day and I got a wristband. And because I didn't qualify, I decided that I was going to keep the wristband on until I did. So setting goals. That's very Diana. It was, I don't know. I was so weird. But anyway, it was this red, I still have it, all right. It was this red and white checked wristband, you know, the waxy things. And I had it on for a long time and like they last for a long time because it's made out of basically like fabric. Um, And I would shower with it on and everything. And finally, I think it fell off. And so I laminated it. And put Velcro so that I could put it back on my wrist. Oh, my gosh. And it was dirty, of course. And so it was laminated dirty. But then it, I could keep it clean that way. And I wore it for an entire year. And then the next year, on had a rock I qualified. So I don't think that that had anything to do with, like, good luck or anything. But it was just my weird thing that I wanted to do that. So okay. I still have it. It's in, it's in one of the little dishes. <laughs> yeah, my little clotta heart <laughs> things. Yep. I didn't
2: have a good luck ritual. I always kept, like, a Joan of Arc medal in my dress. Oh, teen, if you're listening, I hope you're proud. Um, however, I had a post-fesh ritual, and I must have started, I must have had a good fesh once, and my I got a good score or something. I don't remember the exact point of origin of this tradition. However, um... I always wanted pizza after a fashion. and I was like, I want victory pizza. Megan, if you're listening to this, this is also for you. Um, I want victory pizza, and um, that became the name, and so, you know, I had a few good fashions, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, Annabelle got a sash, Let's go get a victory pizza, and then it kind of also turned into thing of, oh, we had a disappointing FESH victory pizza like it didn't it started off as like a celebrating a good result thing but it persisted through the bad ones as well and we're like it's okay it's okay that we lost today we still deserve a victory pizza so um what do I miss most about competing um getting to say I'm getting a
0: victory pizza you should just adopt that into your everyday life
2: I should I really
0: should
1: I wrote an essay I'm getting victory pizza
2: honestly I that totally would have been a college entrance essay for me, okay, second to last question. I hope this is one that can be answered actually. I don't know maybe it can't be. um, do you have a favorite tune, like not a not set dance, like do you have a favorite reel slip jig jig traveler or pipe, whatever um, a favorite tune to hear a fetch like you they play that tune and you're like, "Hello, of course, I guess this is a bad question if you don't know the name of the tune, but
1: yeah, I can answer um. I didn't know what the name of it was for a while because I heard it at the All-Irelands during like a step down the line thing. So like they played it a lot. So I actually did one of those like bootleg recording voice memo things so I could have it forever. And then one of the Sean O'Brien like single uh, CD. I hope you guys know what I'm talking about. The whole like where they played like just a full, full round of whatever so it's a slip jig championship length yeah exactly so i'm listening to that and all of a sudden there it is so then i'm like okay it's called reaping the rye cool and now it's on the fesh app so if you want to listen to it it's reaping the rye in the championship length slip jigs but if you want to listen to it long for a long long time on loop i have a bootleg recording of it
0: (laughs) (laughs) nice uh Okay, so my favorite tune is the tune that Sean O'Brien is going to write for me one day. Hey, <laughs> <I hate that> up. <laughs> Please listen to this. Oh, I've entered all of their competitions, and I've hinted multiple times to him and Cormac and Brian O'Sullivan. It just hasn't happened. But um, my favorite tune is hands down "Glasgow Real. Woo! It was on the original Mike Schaefer CD yes! that I had when I was a little baby. Memories. And like, it was the only reel, I think, on that disc, and so it was just the one I practiced to, and it's, like, a staple for sure, and at this point in my life, I will literally cry when I hear it. It doesn't matter. I will cry. Like, I asked them to play that practice, and they did, and I, like, was tearing up as I was about to dance, and I was like, pull it together, pull it together. And then I, I requested that Sean and I think it was Sully play it for a friend of mine at Southern Region when I was there to watch. And again, I just, I just sat there and cried. Um, yeah, pretty much anytime, anywhere, I will just start crying when I hear that.
2: It's funny because that's also my answer. And I have a similar story for it with like getting it um, on stage at Oroctis. But it's funny because when I'm at a Fesh, that is hands down my favorite tune to get. Glasgow real all the way. When I'm out at like, a session or something that's, like, not an Irish dance context. Man, I never like that tune. I don't, I like, I genuinely, like, actually don't like it. I like it played like it's out of Fesh, where you have, yep. you know, the stereotypical accordion and the piano, and there's something yep. so crisp and clean about it. And then I, I love fiddles and strings and all that. And I love going to sessions where there's a lot of that. If anyone plays the Glasgow Reel, I'm like shoving cotton balls. in my I don't like it. So it's funny because it goes from being my absolute favorite would cry over it to being like the next musician to play that will die. Thankfully, it doesn't come up that much outside of Irish dance, I don't feel like. Um, but my similar story with uh, the Glasgow Reel was my first Eroctis was uh, Southern Region New Orleans in 2012. And I was so, I was so excited to be there. Like, I didn't think I was going to go to the Aroctis that year. I just never thought, I never thought I'd make it that far, period. Anyway, I was very excited to go. I had a new dress and I got on stage for my reel and they played the Glasgow reel. And I was like, gonna cry. Such a, one of my favorite memories, really. Um, so yeah, it's funny. There's something about that played like at a major that's just,
0: mm. Good. I, Good danced, I danced by myself in the soft shoe round at Nationals 2015. Brian Glenn was the musician, so he knew to play Glasgow Real. And I, yeah, probably, that's that probably my favorite on stage memory was doing that by myself to my favorite tune. Like it was killer.
2: I wish I'd seen that round. Gosh.
0: Got well. very high scores also.
2: Oh, oh! For some reason, I thought that was the last question. That was not the last oh, question. Oh, wait, wait,
0: wait! I also love the stride. It is my ringtone.
2: Oh, okay, nice. Okay, continue. Um, do you have? I mean, I feel like this this one isn't that exciting of a number twenty. I think I thought I was gonna write more when I wrote it. Um, number twenty is um, what is your favorite fashion? What is your least favorite fashion? Or one or the other you
1: could pick. I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with favorite just so I don't accidentally insult anyone.
2: Yeah, I was forgetting that that could potentially be a
1: terrible question. Um, so I'm going to go with the first one that came to mind. My favorite fash is the New England autumn fesh, which I know you've both actually been to. Yeah, yes, together. We went together. Yeah, together. Together. Before we knew each other. Well, I mean, I knew Annabelle, but I didn't know you. <laughs>
2: you missed out. Too bad, I should have dragged Diane to go say <laughs> hi to you with me. I really like, mm, you know, I loved the Raleigh Fesh when it was still, I don't know how they got the convention center in the, um, for a few years for that Fesh. That, it was too big of a venue, Venue, but that's what made it really nice. I love, I love going south to feshs like um, the Raleigh Fesh, all the Walsh Kelly ones and whatever. I'm sure there's more now than when I was competing. But I guess my favorite, favorite, um, probably Nation's Capital because it, um, that and Rhythm of Ireland, and they sort of felt like homecoming games. Like, you always saw everyone you knew. And, like, especially the Nation's Capital Fesh was good because it it's a three-day fesh. So it really feel it's during the summer and it really just feels like a
0: huge event. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on TCRG to CEO Radio.